Kevin Pruitt with another episode of Rising Tide Startups. And my guest today is Danielle Daly. Danielle, thank you for joining Rising Tide. Thank you, Kevin. I'm so pleased to finally be here. You know, we, uh, we, we, I think we tried to make this happen, what, gosh, early this year, maybe late last year. I mean, we've, we've been at it, the, at it for a while and our schedules have just not, not come into alignment. So today, At least since April. <laughs> that's exactly right. We finally made it happen. So, so tell our Rising Tide listeners a little bit about that, Danielle Daly. Yeah, so I currently live near the Washington, D.C. area, so I'm on the East Coast. And I've lived here, oh, about 15 years now. I'm originally from California. And I'll tell you, if you move from coast to coast, it is culture shock. Like, you just cannot <laughs> believe. It actually took me 11 years to accept the fact that seasons were normal and that I was going to have to plan ahead to scoop my car out before I wanted to go places in the winter months. So that was a rough transition that took a really long time. Wonder, but what is this white stuff falling from the what? sky? Exactly. What do you mean I have to scrape my windshield with, of ice and things like that? But as you can see, this time of year, it's absolutely beautiful. It's green. Where I grew up in California, um, it's called the Golden State for a reason because everything is brown. So gold is a very kind way of describing what it looks like in the summer. Uh, I started my first business back in 2006. My original business concept was a mobile yoga studio. At the time, I had just gotten out of graduate school, was kind of floundering around trying to figure out what I wanted to do, and I stumbled into teaching yoga. And I quickly realized that I wasn't getting paid very much to teach yoga, and if I went out on my own, I could keep all the money for myself and by being a mobile studio instead of getting a retail space I could keep even more of the money for myself with very little equipment so the back of my car was full of everything you'd ever want for yoga and I went around and I taught uh, privately in people's homes and I made pretty good money doing that and I did it for about eight years and then I grew completely bored of it and at that time I had so much shame inside of me because I had an advanced degree in anthropology and archaeology and I hadn't used it at all being a yoga teacher and so I started looking around for interesting and new ways that I could integrate what I had learned in school into a business concept and it came into this amazing form that I never would have guessed and I started excavating women's handbags and I noticed that what's inside a woman's purse is kind of like an archaeological dig site. And depending on what you find in there, you can tell everything about her, just like we can tell different things about different cultures based on their artifacts and what they have. So that concept was my first foray into really building a niche and a hook and a way to market myself that was really new and different and interesting and that the world had never seen before. And my business started to take off. People were so interested in how I created that niche and where I come up with the concept. And at the pinnacle of that, I actually gave a TEDx talk on that. I was going to ask you about that. Yeah. Can I, can I ask you something really quickly? So, yes. because I don't want to breeze by this too quickly. So <laughs> there's a, there's an old saying that says, you know, when you're a hammer, everything looks like a nail. When, when you're an archaeologist, everything looks like an artifact. I mean, so yes. I mean, you you drew that. You said, oh, you know, what's in a woman's purse is much like an archaeological dig. 
nobody nobody else other than an archaeologist would, would say that <laughs> and it's so true but it's so funny because when you have that mindset and you have that training that is such a captain obvious sort of thing Absolutely. that when you go around and say it in the world and people are impressed by it you're like oh come on everybody knows this stuff <laughs> and it was so interesting to see how people responded to that idea and were like wow i never thought about it that way before and it isn't just that some women carry around a lot of junk in their bags it's that we each carry different things and those are expressions of what we believe about ourselves what we believe about the world it, it just tells so much about us and i developed that into this really interesting concept um, called the purse process and i developed these different personas and I gave them fun names like Dumpster Debbie and Vanishing Veronica to kind of help people figure out which uh, culture or which camp they were in. It was a lot of fun and I love giving my TEDx talk on it but what happened when that business was growing and flourishing my personal life actually fell apart and I ended up going through a divorce. So I was kind of trying to figure out well, what do I want to do next and one day I had this really cool idea for a podcast called The Suddenly Single Show. Mm. And I wanted to share people's stories about how they found themselves suddenly single, either through divorce, bereavement, or just good old fashioned getting dumped. And how they learned about themselves and how they grew through that experience. And so I started to develop that concept. And so Every experience in my life has really just added to what it is that I do in my business. So anything from helping people build a business to identifying a niche to starting right. a podcast, learning how to be a speaker, learning how to develop some new idea that the world has never seen before into something that's really exciting and that people are excited to talk about learning how to use social media, all those things. Right. And it's been this incredible journey. And so whenever anybody asks, well, what do you do? I feel like the short answer is, well, could I just tell you what I don't do? Because <laughs> since 2006, we're in 2019 now, I've done a lot. I think that, I mean, as you were, as you were kind of outlining that, I was thinking, so the, the very next question I'm going to ask you is related to an elevator pitch, but mm -hmm. that's usually very simple for people. But to me, I think if if I am having to describe you to someone else, I'm thinking, well, she's like an entrepreneurial chameleon. Mm -hmm. Would virtually change color depending on whoever she's talking to. So whatever you your interest is that you bring to her, she probably has a response to that. But let's just hypothetically. So we're stepping on an elevator, and I'm it's my TEDx speaker standing beside me in those bright red shoes, going, and I said, okay, Danielle, what do you do? Yeah. So to a networking event this morning where I did just that and you're right I have to choose from the menu what am I going to offer people today right so when I showed up I actually showed them a copy of this magazine where I had my podcast featured on the cover and I said I am Danielle Daly I am a podcaster I have the suddenly single show I was recently featured on the front of this magazine but I also do something called the 10-minute mentorship where I help people use video audio and uh, building an Alexa skill to market and promote their business just the way that I have here. And so then that ties it all together and helps people make sense of the knowledge that I have and the breadth of that right. without selling them on it. It's sure. more showing them, here's what I've accomplished for myself and here's how I could help you accomplish the same. 
So this is not a question I, I told you beforehand, but, but walk me through in the next minute. Walk me through a typical day. You get up, you probably get up <laughs> fairly early, I would imagine, but I do. So walk, me through the, walk me through a typical day. And if there's no such thing as a typical day, then maybe just kind of create one. But, but it looks like to me that you would have so many things that you could possibly do. How do you even focus on what to really attack? That's a, that's a great observation because there is no typical day. Um, usually the first thing that I like to do is get on social media and just sort of be like, hello world, what are you up to? I'm endlessly curious. The anthropologist in me is always coming up with questions of, I wonder how people do this. Or I wonder what people think about that. So oftentimes I start the day by asking some kind of fun question on social media and you've probably seen that. Sure. And people love that. They love to engage with that. They love that people, that somebody is interested in them. And then usually I get to work on something that has to do with writing an article, making a connection that will help me promote myself, or recording an episode of my podcast. So it, reaching, it could be reaching out to people about speaking gigs. It could be connecting with people from a networking perspective as far as that middle chunk of work. Right. Uh, but the bulk of my day is really devoted to getting myself out there and getting new opportunities. The other two things, whether that is putting things out on social media or doing the podcast, those are sort of the bookend things that I sort of squeeze around the right. edges, if that makes sense. And right. then I practice yoga um, probably five to seven days a week, and that is really what keeps me sane. Um, most days I also meditate. I actually did a project a couple of years ago where I meditated every single day consecutively no misses for 365 days and that was just one of those things that i was like i wonder what happened if i tried this <laughs> and so i did well i you know i think that you know you're always afraid to try new things so you know you need to kind of break out of your shell and and you know be adventurous i mean obviously you're not <laughs> i am not i've learned to not be because but when I used to be that person who was afraid of trying new things, my life was very small. And when I decided to start challenging myself and expanding my life, I realized how much happier I was and yeah. how much more fun life was. And then at some point, that resistance to trying new things just kind of falls away because you're having so much fun. <laughs> sure. And uh, what's worst case scenario? Somebody doesn't answer you. They block you on social. I mean, what? Right. What's the worst possible thing that could happen? Right. Somebody um, calls you a jerk publicly. You'll uh, live. You know. <laughs> and I think that. I mean, I, I read something even this week that said if you if you don't have critics and trolls, you're probably not doing enough on social media. You're not making any kind of an impact at all. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, I, that, that's probably a good reminder, but so let's, let's kind of focus on the, I mean, there's so many ways we could, we could chase this, but let's focus on the kind of the helping people walk through the process of, of, uh, you know, utilizing social media well and stuff like that. And, and I want, I want to circle back here in just a minute with kind of our micro course and maybe focus in that, in that particular area. But, um, tell me who, who really would you say online really inspires you? Who's one you know, that really inspires you? Other funny. than podcast host here. Uh, yeah, of course, right? The man in front of me, of course. <laughs> but you know what's really funny is I don't actually do much following of other people who are not my friends and contacts on social media. I feel like in my career, I tend to have a phase where I take in a bunch of information and that it's almost like giving myself an education in whatever it is I'm trying to learn. 
And then I pretty much block all that out. So I actually am not a podcast listener. I'm not a fan of the inspirational speakers. I don't follow any of that stuff. I really prefer, once I've learned the very basics, to be an independent thinker so that right. I can creatively come up with new things without letting what other people are doing influence or limit my thoughts about what is possible. A lot of times, not knowing that something isn't possible or hasn't been done before is what has allowed me to just go for it because I didn't know that there was a no out there. And then people are like, how did you do that? And I'm like, mm. well, I didn't know it couldn't be done. So exactly. I just did it. That is, there is, yeah, there's something about ignorant bliss sometimes. Uh -huh. You just stumble into things. But yeah. so this may, I mean, this may kind of mess up my next question that I wanted to ask you because, because of the answer to the first one. But is there, is there like a quote or a life quote that kind of derives you? Is there something you got taped up on your laptop or anything? I've, and the reason I ask these questions is I really want to get inside the head of, yeah. of the people we're interviewing that says, you know, what, what kind of is the foundation that's making you tick, you know, a little bit, so a little deeper dive, but is there yeah. a, a one line quote or? So I have two for you actually, and it usually depends on my mood, but uh, one of my favorite quotes is a paraphrase of a Will Smith quote that says, be ready so you don't have to get ready. Okay. And that is how I live my life. I just show up ready. I, whatever it is, I'm ready. I'm a yes, I'm doing it. I'm figuring it out. Um, and my other favorite quote is actually a quote that came to me. And it said that you don't have to be doing life perfectly to be doing it well. Mm. You don't have to be doing it flawlessly or alone to be strong. And I think that's really powerful because we think that if we're not perfect, we're not doing a good job. And if we're not doing it without help or without mistake, that it means that we're not strong, and that's just not true. I've had that. to ask for help over and over and over and over and over and over again. <laughs> so I, I can't emphasize enough that you can be a very strong person and still need help. I love that quote. So the second one is you don't have to be doing it perfectly to do it well, and you, what you don't have to do it without mistakes to be strong. How you don't have to do it alone to be strong. Oh, okay. Great. I kind of was emphasized. I didn't say it as smoothly as I have it, but I can send you the written one if you'd like later for the show notes. I like that. I Thank really you. like that. That's actually I've done a number of podcasts, and uh, that may be my favorite quote I've ever. That, that has ever been on the show. So that is. Oh, really thank good. you. Good. So, so take us back. Let's, let's get in the time machine and hit the, hit the rewind button a little bit and go back to kind of, and I, you're gonna have to pick a point in time because you've got a number of these options you can choose from, but if you, and let, let's maybe focus on the, maybe the most recent kind of iteration of your business. If you could go back and kind of give yourself a little pep talk and say, boy, I know now, I wish I knew then what I know now. So I'm going to go tell myself before I start it, this is one piece of advice that would have really been a game changer. What is it? You know, I, when I thought about this question, I feel like I'm doing things in a way now that I'm just so proud of. I mm -hmm. couldn't go back recently and say, well, I should have done this differently. because I'm just so proud that I'm doing it at all. But if I went back to the truly the beginning, I wish that I had known to start networking sooner because it wasn't yeah. until I had been in business more than eight years that I started networking. I had just been a lone wolf. I showed up to my first networking event having absolutely no idea what to do. And of course we had Google. I could have Googled what to expect in networking yeah. events or what to bring. And I just 
showed up ignorant and figured it out as I went along. And that seems to be the best way for me to learn is trial by fire. But just think of all those years I could have been building my network when I was just doing things lone wolf style, not really getting out there with other business owners, mm -hmm. not letting people know who I was. I, I feel like there's almost like compounding interest that I'm missing right. out on yeah, because right. I didn't do that. That is really good. That's a, that's a great metaphor for for networking is is compounding interest because it is. I mean, it, it certainly builds on itself. Right. Like, There's that was, quote that says, um, "Your network is your net worth." Right. Right. Mm -hmm. I was having a conversation actually earlier today of talking to uh, one of my colleagues. And I said, "You know, when you meet someone and and you really kind of have a business connection, it's not like it's just one plus one. It's like one plus." their network. If you've developed yeah. trust and, and, and they, they trust you enough to kind of share their network with you, it's like I'm taking my network and their network and almost merging them together. Mm -hmm. and it really is an exponential growth. So I, I love the way you, you phrase that. But um, bef before we kind of transition into, into what the, the, I love to call the rising tide micro course section, I've got a, I've got a wild card question that, that yeah. I just wanted to, uh, you know, as you were talking, it, it kind of you know, ran through my mind that, that I think this would be really helpful to, to, you know, the listeners of the podcast to kind of frame, you know, cause it's, it's been so broad that we talked about so many different things and, and you know, that you've done and you are doing, but what is, what would a prototypical or what does your avatar client look like? You know, describe kind of, this is, this is my ideal client. This is the demographic they're in. This is the needs they have or these yeah. the needs they have. This is the services I can provide. Does that, that make sense? Kind of how you could frame that however you want to, but yeah, really what that looks like. so from a podcasting perspective, the person that I want to listen to the suddenly single show is somebody who is currently going through a heartbreaking situation, whether they're going through divorce, whether they are bereaved or whether they just got dumped after being in a relationship that really mattered right. to them. So male or female, it doesn't matter. It's really a, an emotional place that someone's in where they're thinking, I don't know how I'm going to get through this. And the stories that I share on that show, those interviews are from people who went through that a while back and are able to reflect back on what they learned and how they grew so that those people now going through it can hear that, you know what, it did suck, it hurt, it was horrible, I hated it, but I was okay and I moved forward. From a business perspective, it's funny, even when I had my yoga business, my favorite people were always beginners. And so with my 10 minute mentorship that I do with people, my ideal client is somebody who's just getting started with sharing a new concept or idea. And a lot of times these are people who've never had a business before. They don't know how to talk about themselves. Right. They don't understand social media. They don't understand how technology works. A lot of times uh, women who are over 50 are great clients for me because I really actually enjoy holding their hand through every fear and every, I don't know how to do this and just giving them that nitty gritty, I will sit on the phone with you while you learn how to make a PayPal invoice. <laughs> I, you know, exactly. those little things. Um, it never gets old to introduce somebody to something that I really enjoy and that has brought a lot of fun and growth into my life. So does that help? That Absolutely. Sense? And I, 
And I, it's really interesting because I, I mean, I've thrown a couple of curveballs at you and you, you just ready to respond. I mean, you don't, you don't, you don't have to go, wait a minute. Let me, let me think about that one for just a second. Let me, let me thumb through my document, my notes here to see if I have an answer. So and that's great. That that's absolutely what you would need even in an elevator. You know, mm -hmm. you're as somebody asks you the question, you're ready with an answer. But so I, as, as we are transitioning, one thing that, that you and I were kind of joking about offline right before we got on, got the, on the recording here was, the fact that uh, you know you're one of my favorite Facebook connections because every time I I post something about my going going to Donut Saturdays with mm -hmm. my two little granddaughters, you know you are so faithful to to like either like it or you know hit the hit the heart button or whatever. And I I just hey publicly I want to say thank you for making this old man feel good <laughs> through Facebook as a, as a you know as he gets to take his grandchildren to to go on and hanging out with with uh, for the donut Saturday with the princesses. So it, well, it's certainly I would like to thank you for providing all of us who get to see those two beautiful girls with a reason to smile every Saturday <laughs> because you can just see how happy they are to be there with donuts. And we all, that's I think why we come to social media, right? Is to see those happy moments. And I know yeah. people dash it and have issues with it, but man, I, I love to see that they're, children out there having a good childhood and things like that so thank you well we are having we do have a good time on saturday mornings and and because of my drastic weight loss this year i i tend to buy donuts instead of eat them so that's it, a good thing i still get to go anyway that's right let's let's uh let's transition into this area that uh where you become the professor and and we call the rising tide uh, micro course and I'm just going to get out of the way you got the magic whiteboard you you share with our listeners whatever you would like to share and then I'll just come back in and we'll wrap up all right that sounds more. good so I'm going to talk about my favorite thing today which is how to pre-promote your offering and that could be a service it could be a podcast it could be a blog any kind of content that you have or idea service you need to start pre-promoting it. So what most people want to do is wait till they get it all put together in a neat little package and then they want to present it to the world in all its shiny splendor and then they hear crickets and they get discouraged because they think that means that the world doesn't like what they have. But the real issue is, is the world hasn't heard enough about what you have or they're not invested in that process. So pre-promotion is kind of like foreplay. <laughs> you need to engage in foreplay with your audience. And another great way to think about it is to think about your product as letting people in on the process of having a baby. So you don't tell people you had a baby once the baby comes out, right? You tell people you're excited about, you found out you're having a baby and then you show the pictures of the baby and you talk about the development of the baby and getting the things for the baby. and that is the natural way that humans connect and you can do the exact same thing for your business and not be badgering people with salesy weird copy that you put together you can simply just share the developmental process of something you're putting together and then when you go to offer it people they've already got their attention on it they're already eager to know more and it's going to increase your demand Think about movie studios and how they start promoting their next movie at the end of the last movie. So they know that 
about 80% of your marketing cycle is the pre-promotion. If you wait till you put it out there, all you've got is, hey, this thing's available, and then sort of shamefacedly a couple of days later, remember that thing I put out there for you guys? You didn't buy it. <laughs> and, and that's, like, who wants that? That's terrible. It feels terrible. So I'm going to teach you the seven ways to pre-promote. These are not the only ways. These are just ways that I've identified that are really straightforward. I've spoken about them from stage. I'd love to speak about them from stage if anybody's watching and wants to have me come and speak at their event. So the first way to pre-promote something that you're offering is when you first have the idea. And I know people are afraid to do that because they're afraid that somebody's going to steal their idea. And although that could happen, it's unlikely because most people are far too lazy to steal your idea. <laughs> and even if they do steal your idea, they probably can't do it and develop it as well as you can. So even if you see somebody starting to develop your idea, continue to develop it your own way because most people quit before they get to the end. So if it was your original idea and it's really inspiring you and motivating you, you're probably going to do the best job in creating it. So don't be afraid to let people know what you're thinking about. Now, if you have a trademarkable or patentable idea, you might want to wait and say, I have an idea. And once it's trademarked or patents, I'll let you know. Even that is a nice cliffhanger to get people excited. So your second opportunity to pre-promote is once you've taken some sort of action. So maybe you have um, decided to do some research. Maybe you have decided you're going to go look at something. Maybe you've started to put something together. It's like a physical product. Maybe you've started to work on a talk or a course, whatever it is. Let people know, hey, I took some action on this, whatever that action is. Let them know. People love to know what you, other human beings are up to. Now, your, your third option, or actually opportunity, not option, your third opportunity is when you have actually booked some time to do that thing. So when Kevin invited me to be on the show, I put it out there, hey, I'm going to be on Rising Tides. I'm excited. And then I put out there that we had booked the date. And then I didn't re-put it out there each time we rebooked it because there were too many of those, but I did put it out there. And so that was another opportunity to let people know what's going on in a really organic way. So once you've booked the time to work on whatever it is, then you're actually going to spend the time. So let people know, hey, today's the day that I'm working on X and I'm going to be doing this and I'm you know, happy or interested or intrigued by what I'm going to learn or, you know, whatever it is, express to people your genuine feeling. If you're not an excitable personality, I am clearly an exclamation point. That's my normal, natural personality. Um, you don't want to go out there saying, oh, I'm so excited. I'm going to be working on X today. If that's not your personality, you want to present it more in the, um, you know, I, if, if you're more sedate, you could say something like, I am looking into this today and here's what I'm hoping to learn from it. Or here's how far I hope to get. You could talk about what your goal is for that day. Just really natural, be yourself. That's really what's going to draw people in is repetition and authenticity. Just be yourself. So your fourth opportunity is right before you do it. So right before I got on here to record this for you, Kevin, I posted that I was about to go on with Kevin. And so people are already excited to hear this episode of Rising Tides. And 
it's a really organic, natural way for people to hear about the show without me pushing it on them. I'm just letting them know this is something I'm engaged in. I'm an interesting and exciting person. You might want to also be connected with what I'm connected with. Very natural human way to interact. People act so weird online. Like just be a human online. It's not, it's not that complicated. <laughs> um, your fifth opportunity is right after you have done the thing that you said you were going to do. So you can talk about um, what you found out, what the result of that time you put in was. Even if you failed to, to meet your goal of how much you expected to get done or you got interrupted and you couldn't spend the two hours you wanted to, let people know what was the result. So for me, I will go and make a post that, hey, I just recorded this with Kevin and you know he asked me this or I learned that. And again, very normal, natural human interaction online. So your sixth opportunity is when you announce the release date of whatever it is. So this thing is not available yet, whatever it is. Sort of like giving the due date of your baby. You cannot see the baby tomorrow, but we know when the release date is going to be. And so when I find out when this episode is going to come out, I will be like, hey, you know, this is coming out. Now, if I don't know in advance, I don't know in advance, and that's fine. But if I do... I let people know that's the sixth opportunity to share what you're up to. And then your seventh opportunity is the day before you release something teaser. So, hey, that thing that we've been talking about for a day, a week, a month, nine months, whatever it is, it is going to be available tomorrow. And at that point, people have heard about it so many times that even if they're not going to buy it, they know what it is and understand who might want. And so they might refer people to you. And this is a great way to be promoting your stuff in a way that even if somebody who's following you isn't your client, you're not going to drive them away because you're not selling to them. You're just sharing the developmental process of something you're working on. And it's kind of like reality TV. People love that. They love the behind the scenes because they love to see somebody else in a process of growth. And that's really all you're showing them. That's all I have. Wow, that is that is great. Wait, what a way to wrap up. And and I'll certainly put like a link in the comments uh, of the YouTube video to mm -hmm. uh, you know how people can circle back and learn more about these seven. Um, thank you for sharing that with our audience. You're welcome. So um, this is every time you you say something, it kind of generates another question in my mind, and I, I kind of want to you know, as we're heading to wrap up, I want to just have a couple of questions that, that you've kind of sparked in me a little bit here. One is, um, the, the first one I want to ask you is related to social media. So yes. you are very prolific on social media, but I'm, and once, why is that? And then I want to ask a follow-up question. So, you know, why, what's the, you know, the great benefit or why, why is it, why are you so active on social? So the answer is twofold. I gave a little bit of it away earlier in that the anthropologist in me is infinitely curious. So my brain is always generating questions that I want to hear what people have to say. Um, but the other reason I'm so active there is that I am, I know you're not going to believe me, but I'm a huge introvert. And so interacting with people online is all the benefits of social interaction without losing all of the energy that I lose by being in physical presence with people. doesn't mean I don't love people, but when you're an introvert, you get your energy replenished when you are on your own. Right. And so I can be building relationships with people without 
draining myself at the same level. Social media can be draining mm -hmm. and it, it really is a mindset thing. I don't go to social media looking for validation or to compare my life with other people. I go there to look for things like their kittens and their grandchildren <laughs> and, and my, my feed is highly curated so that anybody that's posting stuff that I don't want to see, I just don't see it. Right. But it really helps me to build those relationships with people all over the world in a way that doesn't require me to physically go everywhere because I just can't. Right. Right. So that, I mean, that, that's kind of leads me into the, into the, like part B of my question. Yeah. I really want to drill down on this because I mean, we, I've talked to a number of people that are very active on social media and have varying results, you know, as far as revenue and, mm -hmm. you know, business generated and stuff like that. What, what are the metrics that you would use to, to, I guess, validate what's effective and what's not effective in social? I mean, how do you determine which social medium you choose? How do you, how do you determine how often you post? What types right. of posts? What's, I mean, is there, what's the ROI, I guess, that you're looking for, um, you know, on, on activity? Because, I mean, yeah, we can dopamine our brains into oblivion yeah. with yeah. You know, likes and little hearts and stuff like that. But what, what's the real... I guess, intrinsic value of for, that you're looking for in social? So I think my answer will probably be different than what anybody else would say. Um, people are always surprised when they hear that I don't have 10, 20, 30, 50,000 followers. <laughs> but what I do have is engagement. So not just likes and hearts, but people actually making comments or reporting back to me that they did something differently because of something I said or did. And that's what a real influencer is. It's somebody who changes someone else's thoughts or behaviors based on what they put out there. So I always recommend that people choose the platform that they are most attracted to. I really like Facebook. And fortunately, most of my clientele is 40 and up. And so that's a great place for me to be. Right. Um, I like Instagram after that. And then I'm sort of getting more into LinkedIn. And I actually think for me, LinkedIn will surpass Instagram because I'm more of a words person than a visual person. Yeah. I just, I like to write, it doesn't mean I don't like to look at beautiful things, but even though I post a lot of pictures of myself, I don't really love <laughs> posting pictures of myself all the time. If I could just write, I would. So you have to look at what you're going to be most naturally suited to do. And then how often, until you get multiple people telling you that you're posting too much or you're not posting too much. People really worry about that, but the algorithms are swayed way out of your favor. So unless it's your mom or somebody has set up to see your stuff first, nobody's seeing all of it. So yeah, that's true. keep putting it out there. You know, people look at these seven opportunities to share that I talked about and they go, Oh my God, I'm not going to annoy people. And it's like, well, no, if you're being a normal human and not being salesy and weird, you're right. not. And two, it's unlikely anybody's going to see all of them. So just stop worrying about it. Yeah. For me, word. ROI is always a long-term game because my clients see me over a long period of time, putting myself out there, getting speaking gigs, getting on these podcasts, uh, being invited to model, being invited to be on the cover of a magazine, all these things. And they say, well, I want that. But there's no short term where I could just list my accomplishments and they'd be like, that's the person I want to hire. 
-hmm. they have to see that over time that this is who I am. And I think people need to keep that long game more in their mind as they are thinking about what they're doing. Because there are a few people that just like put it out there and kill it, but it's so rare, but we think that it can be us. And, and it doesn't mean it can't be you. And I don't wanna discourage anybody, but I think people use the fact that they aren't the one to flog themselves when they mm. could be just going, I'm learning, I'm building, I, I'm continuing. I'm relentless. I am always after it. And you kind of have to be too. I think that's the thing that I get the most annoyed with people in life with is that they lack work ethic. Yeah. They lack a commitment to do something over and over and over. And sometimes the reward isn't right away. Mm -hmm. And you just have to keep doing it until yeah. you don't want it anymore. And that's yeah. yeah, most of the time, that's probably the case. I yeah. mean, most of the time it is the, you know, the persistence is mm -hmm. persistence. what pays off. So yep. mm -hmm. I mean, what a way to, what a way to wrap up our, our time today. And, and I don't want to cut it off too, too prematurely, but you know, as we wrap up, just tell people where's the, where the best place to find you online is. And if there's, there's a final word of, word of, you know, advice or just something that you want to add to the end that I haven't touched on, just, just uh, wrap us up today and, and then, then we'll close it. Yeah, so you can find me at Danielle at suddenlysingleshow.com. I'd also love it if you check out my show, The Suddenly Single Show. It's on Apple Podcasts. It's on iHeartRadio. You can actually even ask your Alexa-enabled device to say, hey, play The Suddenly Single Show, oh, and it will. So check that out. But if you have questions, definitely send me an email. You can find me on Instagram at the underscore Danielle Daily. And if I want to leave you with one thought, it is to just start throwing spaghetti at the wall and see what sticks. Because <laughs> sitting around, crafting it, getting it perfect, getting all your friends' opinions is no substitute for just like letting it fly and seeing what happens and what just falls to the ground. It, you will learn and grow so much faster by trying to figure out what can I learn from this and how can I not make a mistake? What a great way to end today, Danielle. And thanks again for uh, just, just wrapping that up so well. And listeners, I encourage you to uh, stalk her on Facebook and, <laughs> and all, the, all the social medias in, in a nice way. Uh, just, you know, follow her. And she's got such great content and, and such good energy that, you know, that comes through the posts and things like that. It's just, it's just really good to, good to see and, and, um, but yeah, just thank you again for just taking the time today and just playing your part and helping all boats rise in a rising tide. Danielle, thanks again. Thank you.